<laughs> Can you just see this six foot five giant sitting in his room watching Star Wars? Kind of like I am too. I love Star Wars too. Well, I am really excited about uh, showing you the how today regarding your marriage, regarding relationship. <clears throat> Many instances, we hear uh, teachings on marriage, we hear teachings on singleness, all the identities that we can uh, drum up, and we have a tendency to uh, throw the truth out because we don't match perfectly what's being talked about. But I want to tell you, we need to understand the, the spirit of marriage that produces not only a happy married life, but produces happy relationships that you and I have. Whether you are married, single, uh, divorced, uh, engaged, uh, whatever, whatever place you are at, even if there's a breakup in a relationship, you weren't married and you're hurting this morning, if you understand the truth of what this is, and then also today and how, it's going to take you to a greater level because it all begins with the Lord, relationship with Him. And so let's continue our discussion regarding the Holy Spirit's role in marriage and relationships. Remember the passage of Scripture, we went to Malachi 2.11. Let's read that again. Judah has dealt treacherously, and an abomination has been committed in Israel and in Jerusalem. For Judah has profaned the Lord's holy institution. He calls marriage holy institution, which he loves. He calls marriage a holy institution, but it's relationship. He has married the daughter of a foreign god. So the prophet told Judah, you have profaned the Lord's holy institutions. Basically, relationships are not based on God. Any relationship that we have in life, if it is not based on God and the principles of his word of God, then we have profaned what God has declared as relationships. The word holy again, <clears throat> that it is set apart for God. So every relationship I have in life is set apart for God. There is a purpose. There is a reason why that relationship is there. And it all includes God himself. Marriage relationship is holy and God loves it because that's who God is. God is love. We learn God created marriage to succeed 100% of the time when we do it God's way. And today we're going to learn how to do it God's way. Marriage is the first institution God created, and it is the foundational institution of all society. As goes marriage, as goes relationships, as goes society. You see it in today's day. Marriage is frowned upon in many, many uh, cultural uh, thinkings. And because of that, life has been debilitated. 
The second thing we learned last week is marriage works based on God's plan and or his word. And so let's go over this also so that we all are on the same page. And then let's go ahead and see how we accomplish this in life. So you must believe scripture and the Bible or biblical values are real to succeed. If our value system is not biblical, then our value of marriage or relationships are not biblical, and we are profaning what God created. And we cannot walk in the power and the authority of the power and the success rate of a biblical marriage. Remember, I gave you mathematics. Two plus one, where two people invite the Holy Spirit in their marriage in their relationships, they become one. Without the Holy Spirit, we, we really brought this out last week, you cannot or it is impossible to reach the deepest intimacy possible in your marriage relationship and or relationships. It is an impossibility We seek after this intimacy, and we're not just talking sexual. We're talking emotional, every aspect of life. We're seeking this, and we're wondering why it's not there. My suggestion to you is that maybe in not understanding this, we have profaned the institution that God loves. I have in the past five years, made mention to people who do not attend church and some people who do attend church. And I begin asking, describe to me the home. And they literally do not know. They cannot express a true meaning of what the home is. What the home is is biblical relationships. And when it's biblical relationships, then it produces the fruit of what God has planned for you, your particular home, your particular family, and collectively as a church. So we learn two minus one equals two. If you reject the Holy Spirit and or God's ways, you then remain divided. Two people are different. I want to tell you, All of you that have relationships or have been married and are married, you understand once you married, your dream was, oh, I found my soulmate. We're just going to do everything together because why? We're as one. And you know what? Because you didn't do it God's way, you're divided. Why? Because naturally you're two different people. But if God is invited in spiritual Uh, the entity of spirit is in you and functioning in you, then you do become one. And even though you're different, you come together in unity. And we'll talk about that today. So remember, the four basic needs are met when we have biblical relationships. They are acceptance, identity, purity, and purpose. Jesus, again, told the woman, if you would just ask me, I would meet the need of your soul thirst. 
and you will never have to drink out of your well again. Her well was divorce, hurt, abuse, disunity, and pain. And she went back to the same thing over and over. Bible tells us five times. Over and over to get the healing and recovery and what God had promised her from the beginning. God's promised all of us from the beginning, you do it my way and you're, you're going to succeed. There's going to be differences of thinking uh, of, of it, your soul and the way you think, but here's the reality. You do it my way, you will become one and you will succeed 100%. So in relationships that are not based in God bring hurt, abuse, disunity, and pain. And here's why, the third thing. So let's discuss this today, and I'm going to tell you how. The Holy Spirit allows us to love beyond our human capacity. In your humanness, you have an impossibility to live out the dream that God has planned for this holy institution, for relationships. In your humanity, you are smart, you're beautiful, you're handsome, you're gracious, you're, you live a good life, a hard worker, you, you've provided all these different uh, entities of life, but I want to tell you, you cannot reach the fullness of what God has for you just out of your human ability. You need to add the power of the Spirit into your relationships. The real God, God kind of love isn't something, it is someone. I'll say that again. The real God kind of love isn't something, it's not just a feeling. It's not just what someone does for you or what you do for someone else. It is of someone. God himself is love. God himself is that total intimacy that you are dreaming about, that you're looking forward to, that you're working on now in your home. So to love in relationships come from an experience of receiving love by God. If we haven't truly experienced love by God, we're born again, we're saved by believing in our heart, confessing Jesus Christ as Lord, uh, out of our mouth, and we're saved, but still not truly understanding that God is love and the love of God is expressed into you, then when we get into other relationships, then we struggle. Because that intimacy is not in the fullness. And we're going to show you uh, just from uh, examples of what I meant by that statement. So then, this love comes through the Holy Spirit, and then it directs you when you allow the love of God to infiltrate and be who you really are, and you must know what this love is. So, without the Holy Spirit, we simply cannot function as God ordained. And from the very beginning, when he created Adam, and when he made Eve, he made marriage to be spirit-filled. All about the spirit. God never made marriage to be 
dependent upon our abilities only. And I walk around and I see your abilities, I see your passion for life, the things that you accomplish in your jobs and your businesses, and you're absolutely amazing the way I watch and the way I look at so many of you. And as I understand who you are as a person, but I want to tell you, you cannot complete this intimacy of relationships with your great abilities only. Your job is to understand what we learned is what the Holy Spirit has for your relationships. So here it is. What I'm going to do today is there are seven specific benefits freely available from the Holy Spirit in addition to your human capability. So there are seven specific benefits that I'm going to quickly today, this morning, do this. And we're going to just absolutely be overwhelmed by this truth. And today, you're going to be able to step out of your seat and you're going to be able to go into your car, go to your home, place of business, and you're going to be able to see the power of the Holy Spirit absolutely overwhelm you through these things. Jesus said in John 16, 7, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. So again, I want to remind you, we've taught on this before, but Jesus says it's absolutely necessary that I go away. Jesus, going away. The Son of God says, it will be better for you if I leave, for if I do not go away, then the Helper, the Holy Spirit, will not come to you, but if I depart, I will send him to you And let me just add to this, he will live in you, and you will have the capability of this holy institution, the love that is so pure and powerful that will be able to fulfill those four basic needs of your life. And in there, then you will be a blessing to others in relationships of friends, of family, and especially in your marriage. 100% ability to succeed. So the word helper is paraclete, and it means someone called next to us to help us. Jesus said, I'll send him to you. John 14, 16, 17, he says, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. You see that? In the world, and not doing it God's way, you will be able to succeed a little bit, but you're not going to be able to totally move in the realm that God has promised you in relationships. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. You have this greater ability. Pastor Dan calls it the force. I call it the Holy Spirit. He calls it the Holy Spirit too. So my goal is (laughs) you and in your marriage that you have a totally dependent relationship with the Holy Spirit. Let me say it another way. With the Holy Spirit. He's right there. And your life will succeed. 
So here's a statement that I want you to really, really recognize this, that the Holy Spirit really, he says, when you say I need you, he absolutely is overwhelmed, absolutely is overwhelmed by that. When you move into this realm, God breathed in Adam. That was the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was there at the very beginning to empower the original couple to fulfill God's mission for them and give them all they needed to love each other. How many of you want all you needed? Amen? Let me say it another way. How many of you want all that you need to love one another? It's available to you through the Holy Spirit. See, they rebelled and the Holy Spirit departed and it was a disaster. One of their kids killed another one of their kids because of the evil and the disunity and the anger and the hurt and the the despair that's in relationships when God, the Holy Spirit, isn't invited. But the good news, Jesus died on the cross and paid for your sins, and he paid for deep relationships. It was restored. Don't listen to anybody that tells you that, you know, marriage doesn't really work. Don't anybody tell you you're profaning God's holy institution that he planned for all of us, relationships. Now, here are the seven things. First one is unity. Because you have the Holy Spirit in you, you automatically have a power of unity. Unity can only happen when the Holy Spirit is involved. I'm telling you. Ephesians 4, verse 1 through 3 says this. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit, Holy Spirit, in the bond of peace. So listen very intently when I, I, I wrote this down and I highlighted this. Human unity is a unity of the head. Human unity is a unity of the head. Holy Spirit unity is a unity of the heart. And there's a big difference. Of the head, it's your personality. It's your gifting. It's, it's what, what you do, how you think, uh, your, your education, all the different things that you do in life, your experiences. But the heart is of God. You can go through a lot of experiences, good or bad, but if your heart is stayed on him, then you will have peace. But if your heart is not stayed on God, then you go through all the stuff in life and, and you say, God, I can't handle anymore. And he says, I've given you the Holy Spirit. You have the power to do this now. To live your life in total unity, even though out in this world, there's disunity. See, I, I caught it this week. 
and I, I don't want to be political, but I caught it this week. Now the new term is not equality. The new term is equity. And the reason why it's equity, because they want groups to gather together and think the same. Equality is that God created you in the image of God and every one of us are equal. And so for me to try to be equal with anybody else, I'm already equal with everybody else because God created me that way. But they use equity so you can have groups that run things and then a few people, it's called, I'm going to say it, it's called socialism, communism, Marxism. And it will create something in you. And this is what the enemy has done coming against marriage and the identity of man and woman. And it has brought you and me, the church, into a false security, backing away from the identity that God created us to be into what our heads are. And because of that, then there becomes great disunity if it's not of the heart a relationship with God. So when you are walking in spiritual unity, you can have unity even when you disagree. Amen. I recognize right away that my wife was different than me. Amen. If you don't have spiritual unity, the only unity you can have is from your head, which, again, produces disunity. And that's where a lot of people are living their lives. They're wondering why God's not doing something in their relationship is because of this disunity. And they are not able to reach the, the I'm going to use a term, the climax, the pinnacle of this wonderful relationship God created because we are walking in disunity because we're not in unity with God, inviting the Holy Spirit here. You have this amazing ability, but in many instances, by the time you're 20, 25 years old, you are so frustrated with relationships, you don't want to have anything to do with it. Now, it's very hard to reach because your, your spouse or your friend is different than you if you're just doing it by the head. I promise you, we're all different. But with the Holy Spirit, we have that same power the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit had in their unity. That's what comes, spiritual. So if you're having problems in your marriage, pray, Holy Spirit, make us one. But let me tell you, he's already done that. We just need to make it of our heart. Marriage is not a piece of paper either. Marriage is a covenant. Marriage is an act of the Holy Spirit of God that binds us together spirit to spirit. Let me just tell you this. That's why not only emotionally separation and divorce hurts so bad, the reason why it hurts so bad, because when you are divorced, you are ripped apart spiritually. 
and it destroys you emotionally. So as we've been talking about this, and I know this was just two weeks of this, and usually I spend six to eight weeks on this subject, but I want you to recognize this unity is so powerful, and you have it living inside you in the Holy Spirit. Marriage is an act of the Holy Spirit of God that binds you together. So marriage is a sacred act of God. And we don't look at it that way. I've gone to other churches doing marriage uh, ceremonies for people who, you know, moved away from the church and different things. And, you know, and they came back in town to have a wedding and stuff. And I go to another church and I say, well, you can't use this word, this word, this word, or this word. I said, well, every one of those words are in Scripture. I know, but you can't use it. Talking about what marriage is. Hmm. Well, let me show you the second. We're talking about the how. Unity. Second is the Holy Spirit makes available personal nurturing and comfort. I love counsel. The Bible says that there is wisdom and understanding in a multiplicity of counsel. And so as I'm talking, I'm not against counsel. I'm not against these things, but I want you to understand that the Holy Spirit is there to give you personal nurturing. John 14 says, if you love me, keep my commandments, and I I will pray the Father he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth. So forever truth is in you, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. So the Holy Spirit is our help, helper and comforter. Now, let me just give you a little sidebar. I added this. And in Genesis 1.27, it says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. It says, God created man in his own image, male and female. So here's my question. Are women made in the image of God? Absolutely. Absolutely. Co-equal. Not equity. Equal. So the conclusion, hear me out, don't go crazy on me, that there is a maternal side of of God. Because he is all truth, and if he created in the image, male and female, then there's a maternal side of God that will bring us. So there's a fullness of God inside you called the Holy Spirit that can give you the fullness of love, intimacy, that you can now give out yourself in truth. Did you know women and the Holy Spirit are given the same name in the Bible? Amen. All right, ladies, don't take this too wild. Tell your husband, I'm the Holy Spirit. Don't you do that. It's the word helper, E-Z-E-R, Ezer. Genesis 2.18, and the Lord God said, it is not good 
that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. This revelation hit me five minutes before I married my wife. And the whole time, must have been low T or whatever, you know, the whole time I had tears in my eyes. Because I was looking at E-Z-E-R, Ezer, that was there to literally bring a relationship that where there is an understanding of three equals one, Holy Spirit, Terry, and myself, it brought wholeness. Now, she's different than me. She thinks different than me. There's differences of opinion. But in our marriage, we are one. Why? Because we understand of the Holy Spirit and because she came next to me and in covenant married me then what she is is a helper. And in that reality, we'll use the term completeness. I, I don't use the term soulmate. I'm sorry, I don't. Because I understand Scripture. She is my mate. Joined together by God and the three of us create one. So, Ezer means two things, power to accomplish a task and to supply what is lacking. So that's, <laughs> so that's why when we're driving, my wife tells me where to turn, where to go, all the, okay. Because she is my helper. That's why I have to continue to remember that. Right, men? <clears throat> Anyways, let's go on. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> You must realize you can't do what God called you to do until you realize how important each of you are in the marriage. And it's the Holy Spirit that puts you together. To all who are single, this works in your life. You have the same Holy Spirit. But he hasn't led you to marry someone yet. But you have that ability to have intimacy of of relationship. And we're not talking sexual there. Jesus never intended to come to this earth and not give back to you the helper. Right from the beginning, Adam breathed in and it was the Holy Spirit. You were intended to be with the Holy Spirit from the beginning But because you were separated, the Holy Spirit is there to empower you with everything that is lacking in your life. Now, let me just say this point because at times people will hear things and then they'll go, that's great revelation, and then they go to extreme. I am not saying the Holy Spirit is a woman either. Bible's not telling us that. It doesn't say that. We have a perfect father, a perfect Lord, and we need a perfect mother too. You have hurt. Fear wants to climb all over you today. 
but you have the Holy Spirit that is love, and he is help, and he is comfort. And we have to recognize that and begin to move into that realm and and live our lives that way. I love my wife. You love your spouses. You love your friends. But here's the reality. It needs to come out of the heart. The Holy Spirit will take your hurts and purify your heart with total love and intimacy. Jesus said, I will not leave you alone. He, the Holy Spirit, will be with you always. So this is important. If you don't get that love from the Holy Spirit, you will naturally transfer that to your spouse, but they cannot fulfill that need. If you don't get it from the Holy Spirit, this love, you'll try to transfer it to someone else, and they can't fulfill it. They can't. Oh, it's great. You know, you know, love at first sight, all the different things that we do. And it's awesome. Relationship is great. It's wonderful. Relationship hurts. Amen. Don't look at me that way. Because some of you are still hurt. And you're struggling. And, and you're, you're backing away. Why did they? Because they couldn't fulfill you. Only the Holy Spirit did. And can. Even though they love you. Because if they don't live their lives based on that love from the Holy Spirit, they will make mistakes too. Here's the third. How do we do this? Spiritual grace. Acts 1 verse 8 says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of of the earth. This means the power to know God and the power to serve God. Did you know when you read the Bible, the author is in you to teach you? It amazes me. Now, let me tell you, there are things that I read in the Bible that I have to read two, three, four, five different times. Anybody like that? All right? And and you don't totally get it because it's so deep. But the reality that the Holy Spirit is there to help you, and the one that wrote it, the one that told the prophets, or the apostles to write it is the one living inside you. Spiritual grace. There's such grace in you that if you would understand it, you would begin in turn to give grace to others. Here's the fourth. Well, let's go a little bit deeper on this grace thing. Emotional grace. Galatians 5 says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, against there is there's no law. In other words, it works. Nothing can stop it. Emotional grace, it works. Nothing can stop it, but it comes from the Holy Spirit. It's from the heart. It's in the heart. And, and what we do is we, we do it out of the brain. Thinking what's right, what's wrong, what's equal, what's all the different identities that we have today. And and we're running around 
like a chicken with a head cut off. That's an ugly sight. And it is an ugly sight for people. We run around and we struggle with our relationships. The fruit of the Spirit is the personality of Jesus. So if we begin to to understand the fruit of the Spirit, then we begin to walk in the personality of Jesus. Even though we have our humanness, it is bathed and anointed by God and His truth. I mean, hear me out. I'm really trying to take you a little bit deeper today on Sunday morning, but it's there for you every time you need it. Wherever you're at, whatever's going on, God, where are you? Right here. I'm already there. But our inability to give it over to the Lord and to receive and live and talk and breathe truth from the Word of God, that inability creates a lot of disunity in our relationships. Our ability to love is very fragile. In of yourself, your ability to love is very fragile. In an instant, it can be destroyed. Godliness under pressure happens when you're close to the Holy Spirit. That's the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit, and a lot of times people say, well, the fruit of the Spirit is some of this anointing that God, now, does God give you anointing? Yeah. It's this anointing that God gives us, and, and the times that I have, and God just moves in me, and I can do what I do. Let me just tell you, the fruit of the Spirit, it's you. It becomes you. It is you, your name, everything you are. It's how you live, how you talk, how you breathe, the fruit of the Spirit. It's there. It's something you choose out of the heart. You have a passion to live that way. All of you online, you stick with me. It's going to transform your home. So godliness under pressure happens when you're close to the Holy Spirit. I act upon the Word of God. Why? Because I've known the Lord a long time. No. I act upon the Word all the time because all the time I'm close to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the oil for the engine of our emotions to run on. I couldn't do what I do as a pastor if I wasn't close to the Holy Spirit. Amen. I won't go there. This intimate love only happens when the Holy Spirit is involved. To be the husband I need to be, I need the Holy Spirit. To be the friend you need to be, you need the Holy Spirit. And by the way, We need it not in a cocky way. Can I use that word? Sure. Not in a cocky way. We're not going around saying, you need me. No, I need the Holy Spirit because there's something very special 
that God's given me called love that can minister and touch your life. So when I am not, and I'm just, this is how I am. So I figured it out. If I'm not close to the Holy Spirit, then I'm being selfish. If I'm not getting close to the Holy Spirit, then I'm being prideful because I think in of myself, I'm good. And come to me, I can bless you. No, no. It's the Holy Spirit in me that provides the blessings that I can be for you and others outside our church. And you have to think of yourself the same way. You have to begin to look at yourself as someone very, very special, that you have great ability to touch people's lives, leading them to the Lord so they can receive the same power that you're walking in. Amen. And, and when we grab hold of this, ladies, you could be the best wife. Why? Because your passion is not fill my need, man. Your passion is Fill my need, Holy Spirit, so that I can be the greatest wife, mom, sister that I could ever be. See, that's why I look out as a pastor, because I understand this. Not that I'm perfect in this, but I understand this. I can look out and see such amazing people gifted of the Holy Spirit that can change this world. Breakthrough is manifesting here at Valley. Revival is happening all over the world. I want to tell you there are things happening in Cambodia that uh, haven't happened for 15 years. It is amazing. There are things happening in Orlando next to Disney. Great things are happening. Young men and women are coming to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And identity of God is manifesting in a great way. And it's happening. So let's bring this in. Let's look at the fifth. Physical grace. Romans 8.11 says, But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his, capital S, Spirit, Holy Spirit, who dwells in you. So here is the verse paraphrase, and I just kind of rewrote it a little bit. If the Holy Spirit can raise Jesus from the dead, do you think your physical problems are a challenge to him? Amen. It's amazing how little we ask the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, again, loves the words, I need you. Amen. Because some of you, when you hear the Holy Spirit, you get like, ooh, what'll happen? What's going to happen? No. It's in you. You're not God. 
You're not the Holy Spirit, but he's in you. And so every day of your life, you can live out this lifestyle and this great maturity in relationships. And watch this, and see your relationships the way God sees marriage. It is a holy institution that he created. How did he create it? He created it out of love. He created it out of perfect relationship. Last week I told you, the only time Jesus was separate from the Father was when he took your and my sin. And the Father could not look upon the sin. And what did Jesus do? The first thing, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you left me? Eternity past and the present, they have never been separate. Jesus came to the earth. Well, he was separate. Father was in heaven. Wait, wait, wait. They were separate. No, they weren't. They were one in relationship. That is what God is asking you and me to comprehend, to realize this, and to call it holy, separated unto God. Here's the sixth. Mental grace. Mental grace. John 16, 12 through 15. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the Holy Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things, this is Jesus talking, all things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. There is nothing the Holy Spirit can't teach you, especially how to love your spouse. College students, here's some quantum physics. He suspends the world. He was there when it was created. I love science. I love physics. I love biology, cellular biology, molecular biology. I love those. I hated English, (laughs) but I love science and math. See, the Holy Spirit understands every aspect of life and will lead you into all truth. I said that quickly because I want you to just go to grab it. Now let me just say it a little bit slower. The Holy Spirit understands everything in your life and will lead you in your life, in everything, into all truth. There's not one thing that you have to miss. And how that happens, how does this happen in relationship? Is that on a daily basis again, we're seeking the Holy Spirit. Seeking the Holy Spirit. He'll guide you to Scripture. He'll tell you, I want you to read this book because this author says five million words, but he says ten words I want you to read. So you have to read the whole book. 
If your parents were bad parents, he will teach you, and you can be the best parents. This world is telling us ugly stuff. The Holy Spirit will correct your confusion. All you have to do is ask him. Here's the last, and we'll conclude. Vision and supernatural guidance. God, what are you saying to me? I don't know what you're saying to me. Vision and supernatural guidance. I learned a long time ago, I need to stop matching my emotional struggle in areas of my life with situations, with work, with whatever's going on in my life to God, okay, come on, match this. No, I need to stop that and then understand he gives me vision and supernatural guidance. I need to go to the Holy Spirit in spite of what's going on in my life. And when I go to the Holy Spirit, he will tell you truth, not, well, I know this happened, I know this happened, and because this happened, then this is what I'm thinking you need to do. No, the truth will set you free. And a lot of times we're, we're running around trying to figure out the whys and the hows and the wheres and everything, when bottom line, he just says, I created marriage and it is holy. Don't profane it. How do you profane it? Well, I don't like marriage. No. How do you profane it? If you don't go to the Holy Spirit and act upon what he's saying. As simple as that. With all the things that I've said, it's, it's as simple as that. What, what God is, is bringing to us. John 16, 13. One of my favorite scriptures. However, when he... The spirit of truth has come. He will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will tell you things, what happened in the past, tell you things of the present, and he'll tell you things of future. Verse 17, and it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that here we go, breakthrough, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. I guess I dream now. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, remember, equal, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. As a body of Christ, we need to recognize the move of God. We also need not to go to extreme, and we also need not to deny things of God. When you don't understand things, don't speak first and say, well, you know, my opinion is, Wait till the Holy Spirit shows you. When you're just going nuts in stuff that's going on in your life, the stresses, the worry, the things that are going on, 
Don't act upon those emotions. Act upon the grace of God. What is the grace of God? The Holy Spirit in you, giving you this amazing vision and direction, this amazing emotional grace, because yes, this hurts, but that emotional grace is there to recover and to bring you into a place of seeing God. You know what his greatest passion is? Just being with you. And then being with you, showing you his will. That's relationships. That's what it is. Amen. Let's all stand. God knows your future. The problem is we're not depending on God. We're not depending on the Holy Spirit. We're depending on what we have, where we've been, what person didn't treat us the way they should have. I don't like this. I don't like that. I don't like this. I don't like that. I learned a long time ago, I go where God has me to go whether there are some things I don't like. Maybe I'm going to be the person that's going to help make a change to where it moves in the realm of God. Or maybe I need to change. Hello, right? Because I no longer see things out of hurt, but now I see things out of heart. I see things on the, the wisdom of God, the reality of what God is doing and what God is saying. And so I ask you, church family, what is God saying to you? What is the Holy Spirit saying to you? Yeah, I've tried that before. But you did it head knowledge. You did it with your own humanness your own human ability. I can do this. Hey, I'm that type of guy. All right? Problem? Let's get it. Let's get her done. Let's just, if, if you have to work all night, let's do it. All right? That's my personality. That could be a detriment to what I'm telling you about. So now I've learned to pause when everybody's chirping you know, just all the stuff going on, I've learned to pause and say, God, what are you saying to me? Because your way is the way. Amen? And that's why you're faithful to church. That's why you're faithful to one another. That's why you're faithful to your spouses. That's why, as brothers and sisters, we honor one another. We live our lives to serve one another. We live our lives to serve when we go to work. I, when I got born again and I was working, my, I was just like leaps and bound, you know, bounds moving into promotion, 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 promotion. I got to a place in just shy of three years before I went to Bible college 
of the, the top that I could go. And they wanted to groom me for the management of the company. And let me tell you what the, the, the company was. AAA insurance company. But I stayed in the one area um, overseeing at the young age I was uh, because I guess a little you know, fun gifting here is I'm called to be a pastor and I worked in the collections department. Amen. See? God works really well. So we're going to receive another offering today. No, just kidding. <laughs> if you're watching me online, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, be like many others have in the last few weeks that believed in their heart, confessed with their mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and they're saved. Now they're growing in the area of, of the Lord and they're making decisions based on Scripture instead of based on this thing. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the anointing of the Holy Spirit. You rule and reign in this house. Lord, I pray in this amazing move of God that's happening in Kentucky all over the world. God, that this will begin to manifest. We pray for our young men and women that the glory of the Lord will overwhelm them. And they will be leaders of the church taking this generation to a greater height in relationships, that there would be wholeness and that they would understand that relationships are holy, created by God, so we can live a life of this purity. You are the one that meets our needs. And let us be a blessing to one another. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. I love you.